Welcome to the Stress Reduce Fat Loss Podcast, where we teach and mentor you, the health and fitness professional, on how to holistically transform your client's body, health, and life. I'm one of your hosts, Sarah Fennell. Alongside me, you'll hear from Joe Arco, Ken Sylvan, and Barat Oza. Each episode will have a combination of us sharing our 70 plus years of combined knowledge and experience in the health and body transformation industry. Our goal is to help expand your awareness of holistic transformations and teach you how to get deeper results for your clients. Let's jump into this episode. Welcome back to the Stress Reduce Fat Loss Podcast. You are flying today with Sarah Funnel and Ken Sylvan. Hello, co-pilot. How are you? Good. How are you doing? What's going on? <laughs> not much. Not much. We love recording these episodes and chatting to the trainer and the nutritionist who is really wanting to up-level what they do with clients. And if you're someone who is already working with clients, you're going to love this episode because it's all around what to do if you get stuck with a client. And, you know, Ken, like, I, I'm sure you have been in the situation I definitely have when I was seeing clients from this perspective is you're working with them and things are going great. And then all of a sudden you hit a halt or maybe, you know, you start working with a client and nothing is even, you know, budging at the, be at the beginning and you're doing all the things that, you know, are quote unquote, right. Or that have worked in the past. And you can kind of get to this point of frustration. You start doubting yourself. You start wondering, is the client lying to me? Like what's happening? And there's just like all this conversation that happens when results halt, because as a coach, we want to make sure that we are delivering what we're promising to clients. Yeah, I know for sure. That could be a tricky part, I think, for, for a coach. And uh, one of the things I try to say is it's not about me. So it helps take me out of it, my feelings out of it and go, look, this is business. This is work. I'm here to help them. It's not about me being the savior of this person's life which kind of takes that attachment out of it and helps me get my, my regular brain back online a little bit better. Yeah. So. Cause it kind of, it, it, it hits the ego, right? If, if you are getting awesome results, a client is progressing, they're super happy, energy is high. And then all of a sudden you hit that wall and it's like, well, what, what the heck is wrong? And so in this episode, we want to talk about six different aspects that you can look at or things that you can start to implement um, or strategies to be able to move past this point. Um, you know, we were chatting before we hit record here and sometimes you go into a little bit of like frantic mode if this happens, um, and, and things can get too chaotic and too messy. And so one of the things is that don't change too many things at one time. And so what does that, what does that mean, Ken? Yeah, a lot of, and I'm, I know, you know, this a lot of times when you'll have, you may have that kind of client coaches out there. That's like, Hey, what about this? Should I try this? And they, they may be educated from, you know, master Googling that, you know, their Google degree or whatever, but maybe I should try this. Maybe I should try this. And we can get on that train of, you know what, uh, I'll change their supplements. Uh, I'll, I'll change their meal plan, go to bed this time. And you're giving them all these changes. But remember each change, I say our body's about five to seven days behind a change. Right? So think about that. So if we're changing five, six things, now we're like, all these moving pieces start to happen and we're chasing our tail when which one worked, which one didn't work. Every change is a change. So we have to take a step back and go, let's not change too many things. Let's not go crazy for a second. Let me take my time and go one thing at a time. Yes. And having a conversation with a client about that. Um, Cause I even know for myself, sometimes as a coach, changing one little thing doesn't make, can sometimes feel like you're not giving enough value um, for the problem that the client is facing. Whereas like what you said, like one small change and looking at how that affects the body, because uh, everything is cause and effect with the body. 
And I love what you just said there about how it, you know, we're usually five days behind on a change. You know, it's so true. You even look at food sensitivities, you know, someone who maybe intakes a food sensitivity, sometimes you're not seeing symptoms of that till three to five days down the line. There's processing that needs to happen in the body. There's shifts that need to happen. There's rebalancing that needs to happen um, or unbalancing, depending on what that action is. Uh, but yeah, that, that one thing. And so can you speak to the coaches that are like, ah, like how do I implement one small thing and then have a client be okay with that? Yeah. And, and remind them, remember one of the best lines I tell clients is I don't want to change things for change sake. So I, I let them know, cause we don't, we're not having egomaniacs here, but coaches, we, we are in control. They're paying us to run the ship here. So it's important that you take control and say, no, I don't want to just change because I want to change something just for changing. The one thing is to do a small change, watch and see what it is. If I only have to change one thing, why change five? You know, we could get everything back online with this one thing that we're going to do. So let's really know what's happening. And then I say, after I'm gone, you will know what did this. Because you'll go, oh, yeah, we changed one thing and it happened. You can then backtrack, find that out. You don't need to call me again, which is great for the client for value, right? So, And that that really ties into the effectiveness of proper check-ins, asking proper questions, um, tracking all the things that you're asking a client to do and the effects of those um, and having coaching calls. And that's what we really call it coaching frameworks. Like how are you really coaching a client through this? Because if you're not tracking every implementation, how do you know if it's working? Yeah, Yeah, that's very true. And a lot of, a lot of people will get away from clients will say, you'll have your, your clients say this coaches. Yeah, but I'm following what you say. I'm following what you say. Do I need to really track this? And the worst thing you can ever say is, yeah, don't bother with it. Just track, just put that on like, no, I say, absolutely not. You're humor me, track everything. I'm not just looking at your food. I'm looking at how you feel, your timing, everything matters. Because if I have to go back and I have no reference, you're going to remember three weeks ago, how you felt on a Tuesday afternoon at 4 p.m. after you had beans. You're not going to remember that. No. <laughs> and then we spent, we waste the value of the session trying to remember, you know, something that happened three weeks ago. That's not proper. Yeah. I remember even in the early days of my coaching for transformations, we're talking like 2011, like a decade ago, you know, giving into a client, either not wanting to take progress photos or not wanting to log things. And you feel like you don't want to bother them possibly as a new coach, you know, just gaining their confidence and not following through with a system that I know that I needed to be a good coach. And you can end up in a really sticky situation because you have no data to go back to. You have no rest reference point, like what you said. And then it's really uh, where do you go from there? It just ends up in a little bit of a messy situation with a client. If they're frustrated and you're like, oh, I have no data to even have a conversation about this. Yeah. Data is important. You know, I, I had a client the other day, she threw out a couple of comments like, yeah, you know, I feel like I'm just going around in circles and I'm stuck and I want to move forward. And it's very easy for me to go, okay, well, you know what, let's, let's go back and look at this black and white, you know, and I was able to pull out, you know, the last chart for the last three months and go, when you're compliant versus, which is what you said in your email checking form, I was 10 out of 10 compliant. We lost weight. We got leaner. Bloating felt better. When you weren't, nothing changed. I go, so we know when you follow it, it works. Mm -hmm. I go, so if you want more, you need to do more. And it was a very easy conversation. You know, you're right. But if I didn't have anything to fall back on and discuss, it becomes a, a, a he said, she said kind of back and forth ping pong situation, which is never great with clients. So No, no. Um, and speaking of tracking, it leads us into this next point here, which is going back to the food log and, it, and, and really like a, speak to the importance of a food log um, and having a client keep that food log and what that will actually show you and be, and be able to identify. Food logs, 
that for me, if, if a client doesn't do that, I don't move forward. And a lot of times they'll say, wow, you're really like kind of like over the top on that. Why don't you let it go? I go, you know why? It's, it's habit forming. But that food log tells me everything. It's not just did I eat the food? It's how you felt with the food, what your mood was like, what your poop was like, all those things, your timing, everything can affect something. If someone's used to eating every three hours and they eat every four a couple of times and they're gassy down there, I'm drawing a line with that. And if we leave those things out, now we're missing cues, we're missing things. And now we're in a state of, of question, a state of, I don't know. And it's not that we always want to have all the answers for our clients, but we don't want to be in a state of, I don't know what's going on all the time. We want to be able to go, okay, this is why. So the client understands and then they can move forward saying, ah, so when I do this, this happens. Yes. Oh, I didn't realize that. Great. Now they have reinforcement. They're going to move forward. So that food log and going back and really looking at it, rarely does the body just move on its own. Yeah. Unless it's very inflamed. It's always something. Remember, two hours to two weeks is a reaction response time. So think about that for a second. Two hours to two weeks. One to three months is repair time. So there's a lot of moving pieces happening. I go back and look at food logs. Sometimes I'll go back three weeks prior and go, Okay, so see this back here? And I start tracking. It's almost like looking at global warming. You were looking at 100 years. When you go look at 10,000 years, you see trends. So I go back and look at it over three months ago. Every time you do this, your body is 10 days behind. But I can only look like that with having good tracking. So that food log is vital to go back and really open up and not scrutinize to hammer the client. But if they're not feeling well, we need to open up every rock and look at it and see what's going on, right? Also, too, it's... I don't remember everything that I ate last week. And so a client, if they're not keeping track of it, there are things that possibly most likely slip between the cracks of, of what they think that they're intaking and what they're not. If um, a, a trainer or a nutritionist has a client who's hitting a wall, they're stuck, no progress. If we go back to look at the food log, what are some of the things that you're looking for? We're looking for uh, a compliance. You know, like not just like, did you eat something? What I said, did you eat what I said? I want to know because if, if you did and it's not working, then I know I have to make a change. If you didn't follow it, now I got to get you to follow it so I can see it following it makes it better. Mm-hmm. You know, um, what was your timing? Like, did you have gaps in your meals? Did you miss meals? Were you eating later than you should? You know, did you eat later at night? You know, did you add something in that, you know, that you forgot to tell? Oh yeah. So I use this new sauce. Didn't know about it. Oh, really? What kind of sauce is that? You know, all these little things, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for little bits of change because uh, any change is change. Mm-hmm. You know, like, so you want to be able to see, okay, great. You know, if things were similar to how they happen or have you shifted mode somewhere, which will push a shift. It's like, did you add new medication? I don't know. Like, did you switch the, go to the store and you got a different supplement, the lady that stores it, get this one instead. I don't know, but I want to see everything. So, yeah. yeah. The body is very sensitive. As, as much as maybe we ignore a lot of its sensitivity or we kind of put blinders on to the alarm bells or shifts or changes happening uh, within the body, but it is very sensitive and everything that you do or don't do to it has that cause and effect. For sure. Just ask a client who uses allergy medication, you know, don't use your reactant, use Benadryl. Oh, no way. Why? It's the same ingredients. Oh no. They just react totally differently. Mm. They're so sensitive to every little change. So like, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, our third point here is for the coach, that, that trainer, that nutritionist to not blame themselves in this process. And you kind of touched on this a little bit earlier in terms of don't take it personally. Um, don't let this be like a huge ego hit to yourself. And so let's, let's elaborate on that. Uh, Cause it, 
sometimes as the coach and we're like, we're responsible, we have the control here. It's easy to turn that lens on ourselves and then start to, to blame. Yeah. When we start blaming ourselves, I find we operate from a different place. Our meal planning gets different. Our decisions make different. It's a almost a desperate kind of place to prove something. And it's not about the client first anymore. It's about proving that we're not wrong. It's about proving that we are, we haven't messed up, which is very different. Our, even our languaging with the client changes. So it is tough. That is something that I had to learn over the years. Is, okay, wait a minute. I'm not doing anything wrong here. The body's learning. I'm helping you on that journey. I didn't break it. I'm here trying to clean up the mess and fix it along the way. So it's okay, Ken. Like, take a breather for a second. So I had to remind myself. And coaches, you need to remind yourself that, yeah, it's not about fault. We're just guiding on the journey. Um, and if you can take yourself out of it and not feel like that, then you will operate from the right person. What is best for the client? What do they really need uh, versus what do I need to do to prove that I'm not wrong? Right. Defensiveness. Yeah. yeah and I different. think like that ties right in with like being able to track, like if you have no data to fall back on um, and you blame yourself and then get defensive with a client, there's nowhere to even move with that. Whereas if you can go back to the data and look at like, okay, well, you know, what, what is the cause and effect here? Not who's to blame for this situation. Yeah. And it's just reminded the, the body's talking to us. I keep telling myself, okay, the body's talking. Let me just listen to it. Let's listen to the body. And it's not about, well, I hit the body or you hit the body. It's like, <laughs> it's doing what it is. Let's see if we can guide it down this journey together and just take myself out of that. Right. So I don't have to be the perfect savior of the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hello, fellow health junkie, Sarah here. I thought it would be a great opportunity for me to jump in and let you know about a free resource that we've created for you. We want to give you the number one protocol that all result-driven holistic coaches and practitioners give to get insane results with their clients. Results like easing digestive issues, increased physical and mental energy, accelerated weight loss, reduced inflammation weight, clearer, brighter skin, and a better sense of well-being. Go to www.transformationmentorship.ca forward slash start. Let us know your name and email address, and we'll send you a detailed manual explaining this protocol, how to coach your clients through this phase, food replacement lists, and client tools and resources so that you can get an action right away. Transformationmentorship.ca forward slash start. I've also left you a link in our show notes. Let's get back to the episode. Our fourth piece of advice is really knowing how to have that conversation with a client um, to help them understand the process of change. You've dabbled with this throughout this conversation um, and helping them understand the patience of a, a healing and transformation journey. It takes, it takes time. You know, I was just telling my mom that this morning, my dad, uh, you know, um, hurt his knee squatting, you know, I mean, he's still, you know, he's like 77, he's like squatting, oh, I'm pissed off, hurt my knee squatting. So it's kind of slowed down his training a little bit. Yeah, I recommend him to a great practitioner, um, you know, worked on him twice and he goes, good. All right. Oh, that's good. I'll just kind of go see how it goes. I'm like that. That's two sessions. Like it's going to take time. Yeah. But I didn't really feel anything. So I go do my thing. You know, I got him a red light. He's using it, you know, everything else. And he's very compliant, but I'm like, dad, I hurt my shoulder two months ago. I'm in the sixth week and this week it felt better. That's five weeks of what I consider nothing happening, but repairs happening takes time for the body to it's like blowing up a bridge and then rebuilding it and you're driving over and you're like man there's like wood down there it looks kind of shaky down there and they got to put all these things in there and then one day you drive over and it looks perfect mm -hmm. 
Like, whoa, what happened? Did they do it overnight? Like, what happened? That's our body. It takes so much time to rebuild all those things. And we forget our body is like what we see building a bridge. It takes time. Yes. You know? Yeah. Especially when it comes to like the healing aspect. If if you have a client who, you know, there's hormone disruption, there's there's gut disturbances, you know, maybe their neurotransmitters are off, they're not eating the proper primal pattern, you know, all the things that we teach in our assessment, there are layers of healing that, that have to happen with, I'm going to say a lot of clients. Um, and usually getting them on that healing journey progress usually happens really fast, like at the beginning, those beginning stages. But I find it's when you're on to like that next healing layer, that next healing layer. Sometimes when things are rebalancing, it actually creates more inflammation in the body, which could lead to um, other disturbances and things happening. For example, you get the digest digest system up and running at the detox. Sorry, if you get the detox systems up and running, the digestive system isn't working properly. You're dumping a bunch of toxins into that digestive tract. It's not coming out. Like there's different layers and almost, um, it's almost like a train going down a track and you're trying to like change tracks of like where the trains are going. And sometimes yeah. those levers just don't get pulled and it can kind of, it That's can right. be setbacks or it could just be a period of more intense healing that the body needs to pause on those physical uh, progress results. Yeah. We want, we want things like investments. We want our body to be like an investment. I invest every week. There's a dividend. There's something like coming back and like, whoa, <laughs> why do you think your body should be like that? Are you living in a, you know, in an igloo somewhere with your legs crossed, you know, chilling out every day? No, you have life stresses, pace of life, electronics, all these other things. So we are trying to teach your body to swim in a tsunami. Let's give it some time to process that. It's going to take that time, you know? So that was a great point you said, like there's so much to happen. So just reminding clients, hey, you're doing great. I always tell them you're doing great. You know, like your body's processing I'm telling you one day it's going to show this and you're going to be surprised where it happened. But change is happening now. Even when you don't see it on the surface, it is happening underneath. Trust mm -hmm. me. And that's why it's so important to look at digestion, sleep, appetite, bowels, because those sometimes are the things that are changing when nothing else looks like it is. Yes. Yeah. And even uh, framing it in the client's mind of looking at you know, it didn't take a week to get to the situation that you're in. You know, if there's yeah. 30, 50 pounds to lose, digestive issues, a lot of, you know, symptoms and stuff happening in the body, that was a slow accumulation. Like those 30 to 50 pounds didn't come on over a week. It was, it was that slow accumulation, like what I said, but you don't notice it. And then all of a sudden it's one day it's like, whoa, like, why does that look like that? Or why does this feel like that? It, 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 yeah. there was a progression of, you know, uh, dis-ease happening within the body on some level. Yeah. You know, the clients will say if they have, let's say going into menopause, they're having horrible symptoms, things are great. And I go, and I track back in their life and I go, so what were cycles and periods like before you were on birth control? They go horrible. I used to vomit. I couldn't go to school. I go, and when did that start? When I was 12. I'm like, so your body gave you its first sign that it wasn't happy at 12, 44 now. And we're fixing it now. I go, that's 30 some odd years. So, yeah. so keep that in mind. I always say, give your body at least you know, 10% of the time, you know, to, to kind of fix that, you know, like yeah. it's also changing the, the behavior of the client, like to get to where they were, there are certain behaviors that have to be undone. And even that, that mindset, uh, which is why I love this podcast and, and having these conversations and waking more people up to what is really vitality. Because I know, you know, as a young woman, I was never told that a, a painful um, keep me at home with uh, heating packs on my uterus was not normal. 
you know, right. we take menopausal symptoms or, you know, really, you know, bad period symptoms as, as a sign of, oh, it just happens. It's normal. No, like the, those are signs and symptoms of something that's happening um, in the body that's not uh, balanced or at that level of homeostasis. And so what is that saying and what is causing that is, is some questions that we need to ask ourselves and really understand that you are meant to have high energy functioning well. The body composition in terms of the way it looks should do what you want it to do if you're in protocols for that, if it is balanced. And if it's not, this is when we feel like we're really swimming upstream with our health. Yeah. Absolutely. Our last point here is all about consistency. Um, I know consistency is going to like ebb and flow into everything you do with a client. So what does consistency mean to you when it comes to like breaking down uh, that barrier for client's progression? You know, it. It's so important to stay on a track long enough to see results. And I've said it, we've said it before in, uh, in this podcast, it's like one to three months for repair. Like imagine that if, if, if I've been scraping my knee in the same spot for 10 years, how long will that skin take to repair, you know, look proper, uh, scab, everything, and then look like my other knee? I have to be consistent in not scraping that knee going forward. Because even if I have it for two months, I go back and scrape it again, that skin's compromised. So important. We must be, I call it game time. I'm like, guys, when we're in here, it's not about being perfect, but I call it game time. Gotta have your head in the game. Your body is trying to survive and heal. You need to give it support. And that means having the best possible habits that you can and being consistent long enough, you know, to have it change. You know, it's like every time I get close to a change, I eat something different or I do something different, it inflames it again. It's like, ah, it just it can't get back there. You know, it's like you slapping me every other week and my face is going to be red and swollen. It's just going to be like that. And you need to stop slapping me long enough for my eye to look normal so I can actually look like a nice guy again. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. Speaking of inflammation, let's have a little jam about inflammation uh, because the healing process is really decreasing that inflammation and balancing any systems that have a dis-ease within them. And so the role of inflammation is really to protect yourself, uh, to protect the body. Um, Can why don't you just chat about the role of the uh, immune system in terms of inflammation, why we need it, um, and where things can go wrong with uh, our inflammatory system? Well, we, we need it to kind of like, I call it coat the system. Like, without getting too scientific, it's almost like mucus fluid kind of co- coats and calms the system down from some of the issues that it's having. So it doesn't just rampant, like we don't have things going rampant everywhere. So we do need that. The problem is, is when we keep having things that push that, that response up all the time, you know, pushing, we're having damage all the time. So if I'm having, let's say I don't handle corn very well. And every time I do that, there's a little bit of damage to my gut. You know, that's like that little bit of uh, swelling. Like you talked about me slapping my face and my face swelling. That's not body fat. That's mucus fluid cell die off. After a while, that becomes, now I have so much of that fluid mucus. My body's like, well, now I got to clean this stuff up. I can't clean it up fast. I'm supposed to happen once in a while, not every day, every day, every day. Now our system is backed up with this mucus fluid, other things, which impairs healing now. That's to clean that away get back to the site, go to the next step of healing, which is repair. So it can't move forward. So inflammation is good to a point, but like I said, it'd almost think of it like breaking your leg every other day. Yeah. Your body's like, oh, or twisting your ankle. It's like, I can't get into the ankle to start cleaning it out and go to my next stage. So that's why chronic inflammation is the issue that we want to keep an eye on. And that's foods, all those different things cause that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like a blanketing effect, like a, almost like a volcano that shoots off soot. And it's everywhere on the on the town. You're like, 
can't even function. There's like black soot everywhere. We got to clean that off first before we could open up the town again. Yeah. I love what you said there about the different stages of healing. Uh, Cause if we can see it, we understand it, right? Like if I was to cut open my arm right now, you know, this, the, the skin would be detached. It would be bleeding. Yeah. It would start yeah. to swell because that inflammation would come in. And it's like, it's the good guys that coming in for repair, like what you said, right? Yeah. There, there's things that are going to increase the, the lubrication there, bring in white blood cells, things that break tissue down. And you'll, and the, that first step is really healing that, that wound, um, and that happens inside of our bodies as well, just like it does outside. And then we see it scab over and then we see that scab slowly fade away. And maybe there's a scar, maybe there's not. Um, but that healing process happens inside like it does outside. And I think far too many people don't consider that just because you can't see it. You think, well, I like this should be over by now, but there is a process there. Yeah, that's a great, that was a very good analogy. You know, it, what we see outside is, is, a, is a good example of what happens in our body as a great analogy. Mm-hmm. And even looking at uh, like a cut, for example, on the skin, our digestive tract gets really inflamed from the chemicals that we're intaking, any pesticides, herbicides on foods, uh, dyes, pr- preservatives, you know, all the stuff that we've talked about in other episodes. And I like to think about it like if anybody, or we've I've seen my grandmother do this, when you have a really low quality uh, dish soap and you're washing your hands a lot and your hands get really irritated because of the chemicals that are in that soap. That's what happens inside inside the digestive tract as well. There is irritation, which causes inflammation because it needs to heal. This happens in our organs. This happens in our brain. It happens all over inside of our body, but you can't see it. So you don't think that it's there. And then you aren't tying symptoms to possibly inflammatory effects within the body. Yeah. Another great, that's a great analogy. Again, it's like, yeah, it's, if we could just, if more people understood that and understood that the same way your skin takes time to heal, your body takes time to heal. There's damage the same way. Uh, we'd be like, okay, we, a, we'd be more patient with our body. You know, even as coaches, maybe we'd be more patient with our clients. You know, some of us that are new coaches out there, you know, so and clients would have a better journey. They'd be like, oh, okay. So this is really explain it that way. Clients are like, oh, so this is really going to take some time. Yeah. So you just say that they get it. Like, oh, it's going to take some time then. And that's important. Yeah. And that's a really great way to teach as well. Um, anybody listening here, like, you know, use that analogy that I was talking about. Because the more that you can get your client uh, to relate to something that they already know to help them learn something new is the fastest way to get someone to learn. Tony Robbins said that. Um, always relate something, relate a story to something that they know to tie in that uh, that connection of knowledge. Um, because as a coach, it's your role to teach a client and help them understand their body and help them understand what's happening. Um, and, and teaching in that way can help them pick up on things faster. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't have said it better. <laughs> Wonderful. Okay, I'm going to list off our five points that we talked about here in case anybody wants to take some notes um, and jot these down. If you're having a client who's hit a wall with their progress or things have kind of felt like they've stalled, first thing you want to do is not change everything at once. Focus on one thing over, what'd you say, Ken, five days? Uh, you got Every, it. Yeah. Uh, go back to that food log. Look at what the client has been intaking into their body. Do not blame yourself. Uh, we don't want to turn that lens on us. If we've been tracking data, if we have have information to be able to have a conversation and go back. There should be absolutely no blame. Talk to the client, help them understand their healing journey and that process. And last, but definitely not least was be consistent with everything that you're doing with the client and what the client is doing for their goals as well. Yeah. That was great. Yeah. Wonderful. I think, if, I think if they do that, it's, it's helpful. Clients will, you'll feel better. And I think it starts with us. If we feel better, then we guide our clients better. 
If we're feeling like, ah, then we just get into panic mode. If we're panicked, they're going to, they look at us like, oh, he's, he or she's freaking out. Uh, I guess I should freak out too. Like yeah. you need to stay calm when they're upset. That yes. helps out, right? So. Yes. And it's, it's being that results driven coach, whatever those results are that you use in your business. Uh, Cause if we don't have that, um, that satisfaction or validation of the results that we can get with the system that we're using, you're totally right. It just brings down our confidence and that will affect your ability to be a really good coach. Well, that's really great coaches. It's that's why we call it stress reduced fat loss. That's finding solutions. Mm-hmm. That's where we, it's, it's finding solutions to different stressors. And sometimes those stressors are, you know, needing a chef, needing a meal prep service. It's not about a better meal plan. It could be whatever that solution is. So just good yeah. problem solving. Yeah. All right. We'll end the episode here today. I do just want to make mention that our next transformation mentorship, our next cohort for uh, to become certified as a stress-reduced fat loss practitioner is starting March 28th. Um, if you've been listening to any previous episodes, you may have heard me say February 28th. Um, you know, Ken and I and the other gentleman, we had a, a meeting a couple of weeks ago and we're restructuring the course. We're making it a six-month course instead of a three-month course. A lot more hands-on action with uh, case studies and so if you're someone who's looking for the system to be able to transform clients from the uh, assessment protocols or, or the assessment phase to what the protocols will be to that transformation stage, if you want to go through a transformation yourself, we're going to take you through case studies. I like to think about this as like the trades industry where first semester we're doing a lot of uh, hands-on learning, uh, it, you know, getting used to the material, the theory of it. And then second semester is all case study work and that that live work so that you're in action with uh, everything that you're learning. It's a great, it's, it's going to be great. I think it's a, the best progression we could have made with this, uh, this cohort is just doing this. Now you cannot leave this course without feeling confident and successful in what you're doing with the system. Yeah. Absolutely. If if you're interested in any more information, anybody watching or listening here, go to transformationmentorship.ca. I've also left you some links in the show notes so you can quickly jump on over there. Wonderful, Ken. Thanks for a great conversation. You do, my dear. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode here today. Let's hang out over on Instagram at Transformation Mentorship. And better yet, take a screenshot of this episode, upload to stories, tag us, and let us know what you loved about the episode. We'll see you next time.